Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Ginger's Perspective. We're talking MotoGP with Rob Portman, editor of RideFast magazine. Get your copy now. This weekend is all about Aragon. It's the final race of uh, the European circuit for now before we head off to Japan, Malaysia and Australia before it all culminates at Valencia. And at this point, anything can still happen. Valentino Rossi is still in with a chance to catch Marc Marquez. Rob, this weekend in Aragon, what can we expect? Because it's not a happy hunting ground for the likes of Valentino Rossi. I don't think he's he's won there, has he? No, he hasn't. And um, it's one of those, those tracks that doesn't seem to 100% suit any particular bike. So... No real advantage for, for the Hondas, Ducatis, or the Yamahas, although they haven't obviously been there this year with the, with the new electronics and the rules for, for 2016. So it's it's definitely a new hunting ground for a lot of the guys. Uh, a couple of teams have been testing there, but um, nothing nothing too much. And obviously the first time the Michelins are going there as well. So, uh, yeah, pretty much all to play for. But um, like we spoke about last time, all the pressure's on Marquez. Uh, Rossi's just got to keep doing what he's what he's doing and apply pressure. I mean, Rossi's the king at doing that, and um, Marquez has to just keep keeping his head what he's basically been doing. You know, he's been, although not beating Rossi and not winning races and being on the podium where he wants to be, he's collecting points, and uh, you know that's that's what he needs to do to win the championship. So, yeah, it's going to be another another action-packed race. There's no doubt about that. There's going to be drama plenty for sure. There's uh, Spanish riders like Marquez, Pedrosa, Lorenzo, Hector Barbara, you know, throwing those kind of guys. They all want to do well at um, what is effectively their home race in Spain. And then, uh, of course, you throw in the Rossi cards. So, uh, you know, Rossi, even in Spain, is, is probably bigger than all those Spanish riders combined. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend and um, can't wait. Yeah, I must say, I get withdrawal symptoms when I have to wait longer than a week. MotoGP. I don't know what I'm going to do in November, Rob. We're going to have to wait and see. But I think the interesting thing is you point out Marquez is the man at the top of the pile, yet the pressure is on him. And I mean, if you think about it, he's gone four races now without without finishing either first or second. So it must be in the back of his mind going, I've got to get a W. I've got to get top of the top step of the podium or Rossi is breathing down my neck and, and I've got to do something. Well, especially now that Danny Pedrosa went out last time and, and won on a bike that's not really set up or, or suited to his riding style, you know, that would have also put a little bit more pressure on Marquez because he's, up till now, always been the number one rider, you know. Pedrosa has always been in his shadow and, you know, Honda kind of just employed Pedrosa just to, you know, kind of fill the field. But Marquez is their main focus. Marquez is the man that's going to get in the championship and everything. So, um, yeah, Marquez would have looked at that and... and we spoke about it last time as well. He, you know, when he came back into his pit box, definitely him and the whole team sitting, scratching their heads, thinking, uh, what have we got to do? Because it's not only a case of trying to beat Rossi and Lorenzo now. He's got Pedrosa to deal with. Crutchlow has come good. Uh, you can never count out the Ducatis, Iannone and Davizioso. So, uh, you know, the pressure is definitely on Marquez. He, de- he does seem to be handling it a lot better than he has certainly last season. Um, but, you know, are the fourth places and the odd third place going to be enough? It's, it all depends if Rossi can keep winning. But, you know, again, Rossi, there's 
pressure and there's no pressure because he, he has to go out there and beat Marquez. That's the pressure side. But the non-pressure side is that if he doesn't go out there and beat uh, Marquez, you know, nothing changes. He's, he's behind him in the championship. What has he really got to lose? You know, Rossi at, at 37 or 38 years old, you know, he takes every race as it comes, race by race, and he's just got to go out there and perform the way we all know he can perform and, and put the pressure on. And, and for Rossi fans and for Rossi himself, hope that the old Marquez creeps his head in and uh, buckles under the pressure. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what happens at Aragon. As you say, the circuit not really favoring anyone in particular. Marquez, let, let me make a rather bold statement here. I still think Marquez will be up there when it comes to the end of his career on the same sort of level as Rossi in terms of one of the greatest riders MotoGP has ever seen. And this kid can ride. He's got the skills. He's a world champion. I mean, he's barely 22 years old. It's all about how he goes from here on out. But as you say, the pressure's on him. And, and let's shift slightly from this. And let's look at a guy like Petroza, the Spanish riders, Lorenzo. They would desperately like to win this uh, effectively their home race. And now Lorenzo's come out and said he's eager to fight back and get on the top step because it's been a long time since this guy's won this season, hasn't it? Yeah, there's so much to play for this this weekend. And, you know, you were saying that Marquez, there's no doubt Marquez is probably going to reach the same heights as Rossi in terms of maybe championships and race wins. He's already kind of uh, reached the pole position record and stuff. But um, it's one thing to be one of the greatest riders uh, of all time in MotoGP, which Rossi and Marquez even now probably is. It's uh, being one of the best characters of MotoGP. And that's what Rossi's got right over all the years. He's He's been not only the best rider, but he's been the best character. And that's why he's the most loved rider worldwide. And, you know, no other rider seems to be able to get the same kind of uh, reaction or fan base or love from from people as much as Rossi does. He just seems to, you know, do it right. And, I mean, Marquez came into the MotoGP, kind of did the same antics as Rossi with his celebrations and that, and people took kindly to it, but not the same level as Rossi. So, yeah, definitely the character. Um, Marquez will always be rated as a, as a top rider, but I don't know if he'll have the same character um, features as Rossi. As for the, the likes of Lorenzo, he's, he's got to do something. Uh because it's just been a disaster of a season, you know, to to say that he's effectively the champion and he should be running the number one plate, you would never think so. If if you're a neutral watching MotoGP now, you would think Lorenzo, you know, maybe would have finished third or fourth last year at best, but never world champion. And it just hasn't been a world champion's performance at all this season from him. But having said that, Aragon, yeah, Spain, I think the Yamaha, I think it will suit the Yamaha. The Yamaha's probably the best package on, on the grid at the moment and Lorenzo if the weather conditions are, are good he's definitely going to be a man to watch out for but throw Pedrosi in there as well you know Aragon it's it's been hot there in previous seasons so if track temperature and air temperature is hot like it was last time at Mazzano you can't come out Pedrosa because he showed if he gets heat in the tyres and he gets the bike working the way he wants he's, he's almost unstoppable Exciting times indeed. Now, another story that's grabbed the headlines, of course, is the return of, of Nicky Hayden. He's been on the podium before at Aragon. That was 2010. And, I mean, it was a phenomenal performance. This guy is a great rider. He's a well-liked. He's one of the characters of MotoGP, now one of the front runners of Superbikes. But what do you think he's going to bring? I mean, at the end of the day, he's got nothing to lose. He's just come to help out and replace Jack Miller at the end of the day. But what could he bring to this race? point of view it was more you know getting an experienced guy who 
Bridgestone tyres before, he's ridden the Honda motorcycle before, so they're not getting a rider in that's got to learn the tyres, learn how the bike works, learn how the team works. You know, Nicky's been there, he, he's got the t-shirt, he knows how it all works, so he'll fit right into that team and maybe help um, iron out a few issues that the team are having with that Honda bike, because um, certainly if one man can do it, it's Nicky Hayden, he's got the experience to do it, and yeah, it goes really well at Aricon, um, raced there already this year in World Superbikes and done pretty well at the CBR thousand machines, so uh, it, it was really the only choice that the team could make. Um, you know, you, you go for a young hard charger, you potentially go and right off the bike, and it just ends up costing the team a hell of a lot of money, and they don't really, you know, gain anything from it. Whereas a guy like Hayden, I think the team will gain a lot. I think he'll pick up good points, and you know, it's a good, a good selling point. Like you said, everyone loves Nicky Hayden. He's probably one of the closest guys that have come to to Rossi's kind of character ever in MotoGP. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see him back on on the grid. He's not going to, although I say anything can happen in MotoGP, this <laughs> yeah. season, but I can't see him, you know, challenging for the top five type thing. But, yeah, he'll definitely put that on in the points and, like I said, more importantly for the team, hopefully iron out a few problems that uh, Jack Miller's had with the bike and uh, get Miller going on the bike and get the bike set up for better for Jack Miller. Yeah, round 14... Uh, this weekend in Aragon, and uh, so far eight winners in MotoGP. It's been a fascinating season. Moto2 is another story for another day. I mean, Rince and Zarco, they go down to the wire, but Moto3 is where our focus is, and this weekend, Brad Binder could essentially wrap up the world title um, as long as he maintains that 100-point margin, if I'm not mistaken, Rob. Yeah, look, if he wins the race, pretty much done and dusted. Otherwise, he's got to finish no less than one position behind Bastiani and um, Navarro. So, I've been speaking to Brad, but he's, he's obviously not... He's, he is focused, but he's trying not to be focused on it. He wants to go out and just treat it as another race. You know, last year, uh, if we remember, potentially was on, on track to, to pick up his first win in Moto3 and was taken out by, um, by Bastiani in the, in the final chicane leading uh, to the start-finish line. So uh, anything can happen, you know. The, it's, it sounds easy, but it just needs to go win or just finish behind Bastiani, but anything can happen. You know, you could have mechanical failure or another rider could take him out like we saw last year. So a lot of factors to play in it. But the nice thing is, yes, it would be great if he can win it this weekend because I've got a magazine that's going out on Monday and I want to put him on the front cover. <laughs> so I really need him to do it from that point of view. But... Yeah, for all South Africans, we just we desperate for for a champion. Brad has done so much for all of us this year, not only just for the motorcycle industry and the motorsport industry, but for South Africa in general. And if he can go do it with four races to go, it'll be exceptional, especially in the lower classes where it's just unheard of for a guy to to run away with it the way Brad has. And uh, I've, my phone and my emails have not stopped this week with with uh, South African fans going over to Aragon that have had flags made, they bought Brad Binder merch from me, and you know, the guys are just going mad. Um, I've, I've seen guys message me and say, "Go, we need to all put go Brad uh, Binder hash 41 on the back of our windscreens for the weekend. You know, kind of like the Springbok vibe when, when the Rugby World Cup's on. So it's, it's got to that level, and Brad, in a way, single-handedly has taken it that, to that level. So if he goes and does it this weekend, which I'm hoping he does, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll probably shed a tear because, you know, he's like a son to me. I've always looked at him as a son. He, we are that close. Um, he's a really good mate of mine. His whole family is, is almost my family. So it'll be a very special moment for sure. 
Rob Portman, we're going to have to leave it there. Thanks very much for your time. And don't forget, Monday, you must get your hands on that magazine. It's going to be a collector's item when Brad Binder wins the race. I know I'm tempting fate here, but I have confidence that he's going to be in the mix and we're going to see that world title go Brad Binder's way. Thanks very much, Rob. Have a great evening.